Welcome back to Attention Recession. Nicola and I just finished our interview with Chelsea, our astrologer, and I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this. This was like, I feel like I have so much to like digest and yeah, I'm very excited for this episode. Yeah, this is our first interview episode, our first guest, and we talked to her about astrology for 2024. Um, She gave us the download on some really big transits that are happening. So the planets that, you know, take a very long time to move and what it's going to mean for them to finally move into the new signs that they're going to be in and sort of what the vibe is going to be like for everyone this year and then the signs that are going to feel kind of like the most energy from these movements. Yeah, yeah. And we also get into like where are we heading in the next year? What's going to be the energy of the year? What's going to be cool? What's going to be not cool? We just did our last episode. It was like an, like an in-out list slash like prediction. So it's really funny to kind of see like the parallels between that and like what's going to happen. So... Yeah. At the beginning, I was getting, I was scared because I was like, oh, I'm like not feeling good about this here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no one wants to hear that. But by the end, I felt hopeful. So, yeah. I mean, you, you heard some also, good news. If you also are feeling like, oh my God, is it anything ever going to get better? Maybe we can leave you with a hopeful note by the end. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, well, you're just going to jump right into it. Enjoy. Today is a very highly anticipated by me episode. (laughs) Um, We are going to be looking at the astrology of 2024, which if any of you have been alive on this planet during the year of 2023, this has been (laughs) a lot for me personally. I don't know about you guys. Um, So yeah, I'm excited to get into it. I'm here with Nicola, of course. Hello. And then here we have our guest, Chelsea Jackson. She is an astrologer, a writer, social media, all of it. And all things. I welcome. (laughs) Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so so excited. So I'd love to know how you got into astrology because if people aren't seeing visually chelsea is a beautiful young woman how old are you again stop it 27 nice so yeah i feel like a lot of people picture an astrologer to be someone like very old and like weathered (laughs) just doing it for their whole life and you know and so i'd love to know how you kind of got started Yeah, I don't quite fit the bill. Usually they're elderly white men, typically, in the space, Um, you know, and so it's it's nice to, um, to kind of add a little something else for those that maybe don't easily resonate with that kind of archetype. Um, But astrology has always been something that I've been passionate about. You know, it's something that I really took very seriously as a hobby as a child, mostly just like reading my horoscopes in the backs of like magazines when that was a thing. Um, And just loving it and and identifying so strongly with being an Aries. Like I've always known that I was an Aries. I'm born like kind of right the starting you know point of Aries season and so I've always really identified with it and so my horoscope always just really resonated with me and made a lot of sense to me and it gave me um you know just this 
sense of understanding of myself because I was always being told I was very loud and very aggressive. And I was like, well, I mean, that's what it says. My horoscope says I am. So I guess there's some comfort in that, you know? And um, it wasn't until a few years back that I was like, oh, I feel like I've collected enough information about this over the years to be able to help people and, and to be able to inform people about their charts and about um, astrology um, as a study and as a practice. And yeah, so that started back in 2019 when I first started doing readings and it's just been up ever since. That's so awesome. Like what was the turning point, I guess, for you taking it seriously? Because obviously like this is something a lot of women feel like is a hobby of theirs, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's so, I guess, difficult sometimes to know like, oh, like my services are needed. Like I, I'm going to put my all into this, you know? Totally. Yeah. I think astrology kind of chose me in a sense. I think I started it not taking it very seriously at all. Like it was not something I thought would ever be anything other than like a little side hustle. Um, And then astrology kind of said, no, this is actually, there's a demand for this. And you should actually lean into this fully and take it seriously. And so there was, it was more so like, you know, my clientele and other people that were like, I would, I need some services. I need some insight. So please, (laughs) are you still doing readings or like, can you still offer me this? And I said, okay, I will offer this as long as people want it, you know, want to receive it. Are there any any placements in your chart that are related, like that gave you the information that this would be something that would be a talent of yours or something that you could give to people? Yeah, yeah, there's a few. Uh, so the first one I would say mainly is, is Saturn. My Saturn is in the ninth house. Um, and, I, and the ninth house in astrology is commonly associated with astrology specifically, but also just higher education, wisdom, and spirituality. So having my ninth house fall in the sign of Pisces as well. Pisces is already a sign that's uh, very interested in um, what's beyond kind of like um, – practicality and reality, you know, um, it's, it's very in line with all of the things according to the universe that, that are kind of bigger than us. And so I think I always was interested in things like that, um, even as a little girl. And so having Saturn in Pisces, I think has definitely played a role and, um, having Jupiter, I have Jupiter in the seventh house. And so I think that speaks to like consulting and all of the one-on-one astrology uh, clients Mm -hmm. and, and sessions I've held over the years. So yeah, it's in there. And, and most astrologers typically have something that indicates that that would be what they would do. So Interesting. Yeah, I love that aspect of astrology. Like once you get into it and you're able to see like the different placements and everything and how that affects, Mm -hmm. I don't know, a lot of people kind of look at their main sign and they may or may not resonate with that. Um, But it really isn't until like you get a birth chart reading that everything starts Mm -hmm. to make sense. And I first got connected with Chelsea, actually, I think maybe 2020 or 2021, um, I found her on Twitter actually, and I got a reading and it was just so fascinating. Like for me seeing my entire like history and childhood, not only on yeah. like a piece of paper, but also a stranger telling me about it is like so surreal. And, you know, from there I started to want to get readings on like what I should be doing with my life. I think that's been like a big thing for women recently is, getting that affirmation that like 
these are your strengths, you know, like maybe someone knows they're good at talking to people. They know that they're good at like these certain things that they don't consider like skills, if that makes sense. And then once Mm -hmm. you're able to see it kind of all come together as like almost like who you are, it's such a game changer, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's really a beautiful thing to see clients that I'm in a session with like, light up when I mention something in their chart or I point out something really specific and they're like, Oh my God. And we've never met before. And they're like, how did you see that? How did you know that? You know, it's really beautiful to see them affirmed in that way. Uh, Never gets old, never gets old. And I also think for me, like the most impactful part of it was like, I don't know. I feel like we have such a culture of, self-improvement culture, you should, you know, change yourself to to fit what people deem to be successful or like the 6 a.m. like morning routine, you know, whatever it is, people kind of latch onto like not feeling good enough and not feeling like they're done improving. So when I talked mm-hmm. to you and got a chart reading, I was like, I, I remember something, I think you said something like, yeah, like you're meant to be like traveling. You're not meant to stick to a schedule every single day, like stuff like that. I was like, damn, like for so long, I was trying to force myself to be someone that I wasn't. And so by Mm -hmm. like seeing that this is like written at birth for me, that I am this way, it like allowed Mm -hmm. for so much like self-acceptance and able to like hone in on my strengths rather than trying to like change the fabric of who I am, you know? Exactly. Yeah. It's about going with, you know, who you are fundamentally rather than against it. And I think astrology um, allows people to understand like, hey, it's okay that this is who you are. And you can just like, just be that, you know, rather than trying to um, go against it or work against it, you know, because it it oftentimes is a lot harder to try to live out, you know, um, this schedule or this routine, or if, you know, you think you should be hustle culture and all of that, if your chart is like, actually, you need to be relaxing, chilling a lot more than, than that. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the best. What a are, thing what are that some... really clicked? Oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, a thing that really clicked for me this year with astrology is the there's your birth chart and knowing more about yourself, but there's also using a thro- astrology to understand like the weather, like the energetic weather, basically. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today is like, what is the weather forecast for 2024 and how that collective like movement, how we can like, just like understanding like what's going to like knowing like, Oh, I'm going to need an umbrella in May because it's going to be raining a lot or whatever, like energetically Mm -hmm. raining a lot. And like the idea of just like having this notion that like, Oh, if a retrograde is coming, I better there's no use getting stressed out about it. I better just like button everything up and just make sure I'm kind of like keeping an eye on everything because I know it's just going to be like a storm. So that's just yeah. what's going to come. I better like get ready for it. So I guess I don't even – I'm not asking a question. I'm just like pointing out that that really clicked for me this year and that has mm-hmm. made a big difference for me just like looking at it. I don't know. It's interesting. Astrology is kind of like – two things and I know I have friends who are really only interested in birth charts and they're not really interested in the day-to-day stuff where do your Mm -hmm. interests lay Ooh, I would definitely say over the years I've I've become far more interested in mundane astrology so 
transits, tracking transits. I'm constantly referring to um, my astrology app to see like the chart of the moment. Like where are the planets right now? Like, should I go grocery shopping? Should I take a nap? (laughs) Kind of thing. I love Um, I use an app called Time Nomad. And it's a little like, um, it was a little tricky to figure out interface wise. It's very like, it was definitely made by an astrologer and very just complicated. And there's a lot of buttons and, and, and whistles and whatnot. Um, but it is perfect for like picking time to like schedule a, a call or a time to like, you know, um, pay bills or like buy a plane ticket. Like I use it all the time to just see, okay, mm. I definitely don't want to spend this money while there's a lot of stuff going on in like my eighth house and it's like not looking good. You know, I'm going to wait till, like two hours later when the charts are different. So I probably use it a little too much, but it helps a lot um, when it comes to timing things in my life. So, yeah. How do you handle, like, it's so funny. So I have like such a passion for astrology too. And I try to like just Mm -hmm. read my friends' charts like for fun. And so many friends are like, oh my God, you should like study this and like become an astrologer. I'm like, I would love that. But also I feel like, when I look at the like transits too much or maybe like the, the not so positive side of it, I start to like get so deep into it. Does that ever happen to you? Mm -hmm. Like you start to like dread, like, okay, the next six months of my life are going to be shitty. Like, what do you, what do you do with that? You know? Absolutely. It's so, it can be a bit of a burden. I'm not going to lie. And I think it's, (laughs) it just is a testament to, you know, this is a tool but it's also something that um, there's a responsibility that comes with it. You know, that's not always like rainbows and butterflies. You know, it's like sometimes knowing the future is wonderful. Other times it's like not fun to know that like something coming up may not be mm. great. And we can always put a positive spin on things. I think I try to do that, especially in my consultations. I try not to be like the next three months are going to be shitty. Like just kind of surrender, you know, yeah. I try not to do that, but that is, you know, a part of life and, and a part of um, what astrology is meant for and, and, and how we should be using it is to prepare ourselves for when the, the weather may not be looking sunny and, and perfect all the time. I always say like, there's two types of people, like people who want to know what the back of their hair looks like and people who don't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my mom was. Yeah. Um, my mom did interior kitchen remodeling, and she said that she had mm-hmm. two types of clients: people who wanted countertops that were like would show any mess, so that they could clean it up, and people who wanted like marble, so they like didn't have to see everything and they didn't have to clean wow. it up. And it's kind of the same thing. It's like knowing the future is like, ah, do I want to know? Like, is it going to be bad, or do I just want to like be blind to it, like not deal with it? So it's kind of like being avoidant or something, like. Absolutely. It's not always going to be pretty, but maybe it's better just to get ahead of it. With that said, we should probably get into the year. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm excited. So I I think a lot of people are like, from kind of what I've gauged from people, I I think a lot of people had a very kind of challenging 2023. And like, obviously, since the pandemic, like, it's been kind of incredibly rough for people mentally, like, work-wise there's just been kind of a lot of heavy energy to the point where people are like romanticizing like 2019 2017 like these years that are just like I can't even wrap them in my head anymore so I'm curious like what you're seeing for 2024 and if you saw anything in 2023 that you thought was like that heavier energy or like 
yeah, I'm curious your whole perception on that. Yeah, you know, this year was different in many ways. I think one of the most difficult transits of 2023 was definitely Venus retrograde in Leo. Um, mm. I think that when was, it that? was something Venus retrograde in Leo. It started in July and it ended in September. And we saw mm. so many people break up in that time frame. It was like almost like like public breakups were like every day. It was like a couple yeah. was like calling it quits. And it was like, it was just really, it was a difficult time, not only for romance, but just for connection with other human beings. Um, and so that's one of the reasons 2023 was the most challenging is because we had a Venus retrograde, um, which is something that will not happen in 2024. Thank God. Uh, it happens 18 months. Yeah. Once every 18 months, roughly. So this was the year we got that, um, you know, in addition to Mercury retrograde, I think there was a brief time in September of 2023 when Venus and Mercury were both retrograde at the same time. I remember that. That was like so much. I was just like, no one talk to me for like a month, please. Like, <laughs> yeah. We can't fight. Yes, we can't it, talk about anything. Yeah. <laughs> it was bad. It was, it was, you know, Mercury retrogrades are difficult enough, but when you throw Venus retrograde in the mix and Venus is responsible for all things pleasure, like all of the things we enjoy in life, Venus is, is um, responsible for essentially in astrology. So when she's retrograde and she's moving really slowly or she's like combust, she's super close to the sun. So she's not visible in the sky anymore. It's almost like there's a lack of pleasure present in our lives when Venus is retrograde. And that's what happened wow. for us um, in 2023. There was a, a 40 day period, even though it felt a lot longer than that, where Venus wow. was invisible. It's just not, not present in our lives. And, um, yeah, so that was a part of a big part of 2023's astrology. In addition to Saturn moving into Pisces, that was a huge shift, mm-hmm. um, especially for um, those of us who have Saturn in Pisces, like myself, who just started their Saturn and return. Me. Yeah. And you, yes. Um, so that was a shift. I think a lot of us with Saturn in Pisces felt, um, but also collectively, Saturn moving into a water sign after being in an air sign for the last three years, that shifted the energy majorly um you know and that while that energy will continue all throughout next year it'll definitely be um i think easier since we won't have to adjust to saturn leaving aquarius moving into Mm. pisces you know um yeah yeah could you touch on that a little bit more so if someone is going through their saturn return like this year and it's in pisces like is there like anything you can kind of say about that? Like, what is it feeling like? I know each house has a different theme. So people should check like the house that they're, you know, um, Saturn is in to know more specifically, but yeah, I'd love to know like what we're us 27 ish year olds are dealing with. Oh man. Yeah. Um, so Saturn returns happen for everyone. Usually right around 27, 28 kind of varies depending on, um, like when in the year that you were born. Um, But if you are experiencing your Saturn return, there is an increase in responsibility that we typically feel. And it tends to be more specific to your Pisces ruled house and your birth charts, wherever you have Pisces in your chart. Um, But just an overall like increase in responsibility and astrology, it kind of roughly coincides with the end of your 20s. So there are kind of like naturally, you know, um, even outside of astrology, this like kind of shift this mindset change of like, okay, I'm reaching into my twenties. 
do I like my job? Do I want to live in the city I live in? What about this relationship I've been in for the last few years? Does it need to end? You know, and mm. so sad for those of us in our sad and return, a lot of us are, are having, um, we're kind of getting hit with a heavier dose of reality than we've had up until this point. Cause you don't experience a sad and return until you reach about 27, 28. Um, and then they, they come around once every 28 years or so. So you won't even get another one until you're almost 60. So wow. yeah, it's, it's Nickel. a reality check. Yeah. Yeah. Nicola, were you aware of your Saturn return when it happened? I was. I had just made a friend who opened my world up to astrology, and she was a bit older than me, so she'd already been through it. And I was Mm -hmm. having a really hard time with a guy, and she – yeah, it was – it was a whole, whole thing. It's a whole thing. <laughs> and it's, it's a whole sucked. thing. <laughs> and it does suck. Yeah. And it's like a three-year – it's like a three-year period. Yeah, I know. That's why I was like – I feel like – because I'm trying to do math in my head. I'm trying to be like, what year exactly was I 27 or 28? Because I want to figure out what house it was in. But Because mm. uh, yeah. it does feel like – because I'm like – I'm trying to think like – because even up until I was thirty, I feel like I was going through it. I don't know. Do you know? Do you know what yeah. um, what sign your Saturn is in? My Saturn is in Sag. Okay, so you had your Saturn return six years ago. Something I'm thirty-five. Like yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. six or seven years ago. Um, so that would have been twenty seventeen. 2018, yeah. somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, 2018, yeah. I would have turned 30. So. Okay. So you might have still yeah. been in it because it's about three years. So it'll typically start around 27 and end usually 29, 30. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's and nice that. cross country. Your, yeah. I adopted yep. a dog. Yeah. yeah. More responsibility. Yeah. It usually comes with an <sighs> increase. And sometimes it's responsibilities that we signed up for. It's like, oh, yay, I got the raise. And now I move into this like bigger role in my career or like, oh, I adopted a dog or I had a child. And like those are responsibilities that you may have kind of signed up for. But other times it can be responsibilities that um, you didn't exactly sign up for or even sometimes responsibilities you've been neglecting, like your body and your health because Saturn rules over like our mm-hmm. bodies and how they age. So I find a lot of people like are really getting super into like their body, their bones. Um, Cause Saturn also rules over our bones, our teeth specifically too. So I find when people get up to their Saturn return, they're like, if they've been neglecting any of those things, now they're like either dealing with the kind of consequences of it or they're like, Oh, I need to start taking this more seriously now. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That all resonates. But you know what? The mm-hmm. nice thing too is that I also shed a lot of stuff that I picked up between my teens and my 20s about what I mm-hmm. thought being an adult was, a lot of like formality. And I think partially it was that I was living in New York and that I, I was in LA. And I think just being in a more casual place with more casual people, I shed all of this kind of learned stuff, this like mm-hmm. shit stuff. And it's so much, and I felt like I got more in touch with like my teenage self in this way. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I feel like I came back to myself in this way. And that was really cool. So that was probably the best part 
of the Saturn return. And it's funny because I see young people and I see them so professional in this way. And <laughs> like, it's amusing to me because I know that I'm like, you're going to be tired eventually. You're going to yeah. be so mm-hmm. tired. Like the way that I see myself at work, there's these 24-year-old girls or something like straight out of college and they're so together. And I'm like, you're not mm. tired yet. Just wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Well, that's why they want to so, hire the young so, ones, you know? I know. Yeah. And they have so much energy and they go so above and beyond. And I'm so just like, oh, man, like my myth <laughs> of labor has been so busted. I am just here. My mom, this is so funny. Sorry, digression. My mom told me she got pissed when she heard the term quiet quitting because she was like, you mean working normally? Like, right. <laughs> that's a yep. normal yeah. way to like work. What we should all be doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, for sure. Saturn return. So yeah. Man. Okay. So so some people are going through their Saturn return. What else is kind of to be expected? Is is there like kind of like a collective energy of 2024 that you kind of feel, or is it like more complicated than that? Um, for sure, I would say that um, the transits that we'll be experiencing in 2024 will definitely color how we collectively experience it. Um, One of them being, this will be the first year that Pluto will be spending all all of its time primarily in Aquarius for the first time in like since 2008. Um, And so that is really going to be the biggest uh, energy shift that we'll feel is Pluto leaving Capricorn on January 20th of 2024 and remaining in Aquarius for the majority of the year. Um, There will be a brief moment in the fall when Pluto retrogrades back in or dips back into Capricorn before like stationing direct and moving back into Aquarius again. But for the majority (laughs) of 2024, we will be getting Pluto and Aquarius, which has never happened before. I mean, we got a six week preview in 2023 when uh, Pluto like was in Aquarius and then retrograded back into, into Capricorn. But next year will not be like that. We will get months of, of just Pluto in Aquarius. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. So naturally it's going to be very different. Yeah. Yeah. I was personally victimized by um, yeah. Pluto in Capricorn. So I have a lot of Capricorn placements and it was just so funny. Like when we had like our, a reading initially, you being like, wow, you've been going through this since like 20, like 2008. And like yeah. hearing that, like that Bless. was such a significant year for like my childhood. Like that was the big divorce year of my parents. And so, mm-hmm. you know, everything that followed from that has just been so funny. And you literally, I remember you being like, I don't know how you're like, okay, because it was, I have so many placements in my 12th house, which is like the house of like mental health. And so it's just mm-hmm. been like so Suffering. much. So I have my... I have my rising in Aquarius, but that's it. And I'm like, you know what? I am so excited for this transit that's happening in January 20th, right? Something like that? Mm-hmm. January 20th. Yeah. Uh, can yes. you talk about Pluto. what people may have been experiencing when Pluto was in Capricorn since 2008? Absolutely. Yeah. So Pluto as a planet reveals kind of like the ugliest part of something. So in a sign specifically, like the ugliest part (laughs) of the sign it's transiting through. So Capricorn is commonly associated with like tradition and systems and Mm. politics and capitalism and things like that. And I think it's safe to say that since 2008, um, we have seen the ugliest parts of 
capitalism, money, systems, especially in the United States, um, kind of come to light. And it was like things we knew, of course, before, but it was like impossible to ignore them or deny them. Now, I feel like especially right now, we're seeing a lot of um, people, you know, like just kind of rebuking um capitalism and hoarded wealth and like we're realizing that there's no such thing as like an ethical billionaire and like you know it's all these conversations Mm. about like money and just people saying like oh like your favorite billionaire is actually probably like kind of shitty because like you can't become a billionaire without like exploiting people below you in some way you know so it's like that's what we saw over the last uh several years and individually it will matter kind of based on where Capricorn or Pluto has been transiting in your chart, but overall it's been revealing like the ugliest side of a system or a tradition that's maybe been in place for a really, really long time um, that we just kind of, it was normal to us, you know, and then we realized uh, maybe this tradition isn't actually productive or like helping um, and maybe we need to like do away with it. So that is what Pluto and Aquarius I think is going to be, um, about, but there will be a focus or a pivot over to um, looking at the ugliest side of like technology and mm. internet oh with God. Pluto and Aquarius. <laughs> yeah, because um, Aquarius is commonly associated with um, social networking and networking in general. And because so many of us live so much of our lives online, it will definitely reveal like the ugliest parts of being um, chronically online. You know, wow. I feel like. It's going to be maybe that some makes my stomach content- drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's, it's a time. <laughs> it's also like you know. I think the most important thing to remember also is that like astrology doesn't like influence life. Life influences astrology, right? Like these things mm-hmm. are going to happen whether this transit you know, like it's, it's kind of a mirror. It's like AI and technology, like that shit was going to hit the fan no matter what, you know what I mean? So this is just kind of like an indication of like what's to come that was already kind of on Mm -hmm. its natural course, you know? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Something that comes to mind is like, yeah. I wish we could just stop that. I just wish we could like (laughs) change the channel. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know we can't. Yeah, I'm just like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah. No more new frontiers. No more new frontiers. I know. It's, and you know, I would say the one kind of positive about Pluto is that it moves so slowly that it's not like everything is going to hit the fan at one time. I mean, we look back at Pluto and Capricorn, everything didn't hit the fan all at once. Like it was a very slow Mm -hmm. progression, you know? So that's how, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, but a slow reveal of the ugliest parts of like social media and AI and, um, the parts of it that are potentially like destructive. Um, something that comes to mind is like so many of us have poured so much of our thoughts and of ourselves and our opinions into Mm. the internet. And like, that was something that we did, you know, no one forced us to, to do that, you know, and, and eventually I do think those things were going to kind of come back around to kind of almost bite us in a way um like like really controversial tweets you know like that's kind of been a thing i feel yeah. like over the recent years like people like being canceled overnight for something they said 10 years ago like that feels very pluto pluto and aquarius um coded 
for, for wow. the next 20 years. <laughs> and yeah. and my yeah. Aquarius is my rising. So it's like my first house, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. And so yes. what, what months did it retrograde back in 2023 or go forward? Sorry. Um, so in 2023, like, Pluto moved into Aquarius. I want to say it was March. I think it was mm. the 21st of March in 2023 was there for like six weeks and was out, you know, by like end of gotcha. April or something like that. Yeah. Cause it was funny because yeah. I noticed like for me personally, just that shift from all my heavy Capricorn placements into that Aquarius, like first house, it actually was mm-hmm. pretty positive. Like I like, that's when I dyed my hair dark again for the first time. And like, yes. I've been, I was blonde for like, I don't even know f- five, 10 years, who knows? Um, and I was having yeah. more fun with like my look and experimentation. So like, I think that was like a fun part of it, like Pluto bringing like transformation in that way. So like, I'm very yes. curious what's going to come with, with all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah. It'll be very physical for you. Um, and it's one of the reasons Aquarius individuals, Aquarius suns, Aquarius risings will be the most impacted in 2024 by 2024's astrology. Uh, they're definitely the sign mm. that we'll see a lot of shifts, you know, finding that Pluto will be in their sign for an extended period of time and Capricorn placements will finally get some relief after the last 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So uh, yeah. Are there any other kind of like signs or placements that you think are maybe going to have like a really big year in 2024 that you're kind of seeing like in certain areas? I don't know. Totally. Yeah. So Pluto and Aquarius, Aquarius individuals for sure. Um, I would say definitely Aries and Libras for sure as well, since that's where the eclipses will happen in 2024 is in those signs. And that's also where they happened for a bit this year. So for Aries individuals like myself and Libras, um, we will be getting some eclipse action kind of around our sun, our moon, our rising, and that will definitely um, impact us pretty heavily. Um, Especially, I would say, in the area of relationships, because that's kind of what that axis represents, like Aries, the Aries Libra axis, you know, they're two um, opposite signs on the on the zodiac wheel. And they represent like our autonomy and our identity versus partnership and interdependence. And um, that is also something we started to see a sneak peek of, I think, this year, this past year in 2023 was a lot of people like parting ways or like, kind of um, reclaiming their independence, you know, whether it be through a relationship breakup or through parting ways with a company or a establishment of some kind, reclaiming their, their autonomy. And that's because the North Node shifted into Aries, like right around like July and July. Um, and that will be where the North Node remains for the entirety of 2024. So there will be a collective focus on like just... Um, focusing more on ourselves rather than um, considering more of what like other people will think or how they'll be impacted and kind of just doing what we feel like is best for us. Mm, I'm Aries moon and rising and my 2024 resolution is to give so much less energy to other people. And like, I think I'm already pretty good with the boundaries and such, but Mm -hmm. I have really like, I'm just like, I, I, I give so much just like on like no one needs it and no one's asking like and I, my resolution sure. this year and I've already started doing it where I just notice myself like going to go do something and I'm like I don't need to do that mm-hmm. you know, like it's fine cut it off keep yeah. it keep the energy um, exactly. so that's very interesting 
Yes. Yeah. Aries Risings for sure will be getting it because you guys are getting um, a solar eclipse in April in your first house. Um, and Libras would be getting, Libra Risings would be getting a lunar eclipse in their first house in March. And it's just, yeah, there's going to be a lot of focus there. So definitely Aries and Libra individuals. Um, and then fire signs, the other fire signs as well, Leo and Sagittarius will be a, a signs that are getting a lot of action next year astrologically mm. um just with all of the mercury retrogrades happening in fire signs in 2024 Ugh. compared to yeah <laughs> that's okay <laughs> yeah there's um so in comparison to, to 2023 where the all of the mercury retrogrades happened in earth signs 2024 mm, the mercury okay. retrogrades will be all in fire signs so in leo and um aries leo and sagittarius I didn't know they mm. did that. That's so interesting. Is that why yeah. some people have like a bad year? Like, is that like yes. why it feels like that? Like, if you are a fire sign, like you're just like it's gonna be right. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and with that, what that tells me, anytime I see like, oh, all of the Mercury retrogrades are gonna be in this one element, and they they do that, you know, every year. But to, for 2024 to have all of the Mercury retrogrades in fire signs, to me, sounds like people are going to be speaking their mind. Um, regardless of the consequences. Because when you think about fire signs, um, Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius, they don't typically mince words. It's it's very straightforward with their communication, um, whether there are repercussions for it or not. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, I think we, I mean, Mercury is currently retrograde as we record this in Sagittarius. Mm-hmm. And I think we've been seeing that a bit as well. Um just oversharing and just being brutally honest about things and, you know, ruffling feathers. So I think in 2024, we will see a lot of that. Conversations are going to be very candid and open Mm. and direct. Yeah. Wow. Are there any like specific times of the year? I remember like we talked last year, you kind of talked, there was like a little bit of like a summer of love or maybe that was the year before. I can't remember. There's like kind of like different like seasons. Is there any kind of like, seasons this year to look out for like summer spring winter any i know also we have the election in the fall which that's a whole other thing to unpack but yeah Mm -hmm. yeah totally i would say the spring of 2024 is when we'll get the most action for sure um we will be Mm. getting the start of eclipse season so the first eclipse of 2024 will be on march 25th it'll be in libra and then just maybe a week later on April 1st, Mercury will station retrograde in Aries. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like a lot happening and then there'll be another eclipse in Aries in April. Um, then by May, Jupiter will move into Gemini, which is something we haven't experienced, um, you know, in the last, it's been about 12, 13 years since Jupiter was last in Gemini. So lots of planets are changing signs in the springtime mm. and we're getting eclipses. That's and my placement, Jupiter and Gemini. Oh, awesome. That means you're getting a Jupiter return in a 2024. Girl told me once that I'll never have problems with money. <laughs> oh, because Love of to that. Hear that. That's, that's I took that and ran with it. I was like, great, yeah. I've had problems with money since then, but I've always believed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, yeah, big blanket statements What's like that. What's a Jupiter return? Tricky. No one talks about that. Yeah, you know, I don't oftentimes see people discuss Jupiter returns enough. I would say Saturn returns get a lot of talk because they tend to be more difficult than Jupiter returns. Jupiter is like luck and abundance and... Yeah, expansion, growth, opportunity. Mm, Wow, Um, nice. Yeah, 
Yeah, Jupiter is a very so that be good planet. for me. Yeah, yes. So um, Jupiter returns for everyone. Everyone gets their Jupiter return um, once every 12 years or so. So, um, how long does it last? So, a year. Oh, wow. Okay, so it's kind of like a Mm -hmm. lucky year. Oh, that's cute. I want to like look at mine. That's fun. Yeah, it can be helpful to look back at the age. So, everyone gets a Jupiter return at um, like 12, 24. 35, 36. Mm. Um, and so looking back at your last Jupiter return, like what happened to you Mm. when you were 24 can help. I loved 24. Mm -hmm. Yay. (laughs) I'm so excited for you. That's so fun. Oh my God. Is that the good news? Jupiter. (laughs) Yeah. I'm smiling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it'll start on May 25th. So Jupiter will exit Taurus where it's been for the last year and move into Gemini starting on May 25th. And that's where it will remain until 2025. Um, the biggest difference I would say between the two, so Jupiter has been in Taurus the last 12 months, is Jupiter has kind of been gradually expanding upon um, Taurian themes. So Taurus is a sign that's very about, very much about the tangible. Um, and it's about useful resources, you know, and so, and I think we've seen a, like a collective focus on people saying, okay, I don't want as much clutter. I just want valuable items. Like, I don't want to just do these like hauls. We're not really seeing a lot of like big over at the top extravagant hauls anymore. It's like people are like, that's mm. excessive. That's wasteful. Let's try to keep it simple. And that was de influencing. <laughs> yes, de influencing and saying, you don't need that. Here's what you really need this one, this one thing, you know? Yeah. And, um, I will say Jupiter and Gemini will not be like that. Um, we're pivoting in a, in a very different way for sure. <laughs> Maximalism um, coming Gem- back. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. I think um, Gemini is a sign that likes to collect things. Um, mm. And so and Taurus is not. Taurus is quality over quantity. And J- Jupiter and Gemini, I think, will be an expansion of um, variety and collect collecting of information, um, collecting of uh, conversations. I think Gemini individuals are are really great at taking bits and pieces from here and here and here and, and accumulating, you know, um, their own ideas and, and concepts based on what they've gathered. And I think it that kind of sounds be- like the mind of like an archivist or a curator more than like a um, hoarder or something. Like it doesn't sound like yeah. you're talking about ideas not material objects so much for sure yeah i think jupiter so gemini being an air sign is definitely not as interested in the material realm as taurus which is an earth sign and so gemini's they mainly accumulate conversations and ideas concepts and beliefs studies more than like physical stuff Mm -hmm. um but that can come up i have some gemini like rising friends that love like knickknacks and just like little things and trinkets and stuff so so cute yeah Mm -hmm. interesting wow so i'm I'm curious how you see this like election season going i remember i mean obviously like it all reflects but like i don't know i even like last time the last election people Mm -hmm. were like trying to astrologically predict who was going to become president and like yada yada yada. i'm not I'm just curious, like, what you think this year is going to look like in that way. Not, like, predictions per se, but, like, 
are we gonna like lose our shit is it gonna be not as bad as we thought it was gonna be is it i don't know um i do believe there's an eclipse like roughly like a month before there's an eclipse on october 2nd in libra Mm. Um, in 2024. So we'll kind of, we'll be in the midst of um, eclipse season. I think okay, last that time makes we had an election, sense. Mercury was, yeah, I think Mercury was retrograde the last time we had an election. I don't believe that will be the case this year. I think we'll have, there'll be a Mercury retrograde a little bit after the election, but not during, which will be good. But mm, um, that's good. I do think there was, yeah. Yeah. It, no, there was ahead, a lot sorry. going on. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there was a lot of miscommunication and, and um, miscounts and, you know, quote unquote, um, and was <laughs> yeah. very retrograde. So it was happening and people were confused. Um, this time, though, there will be an eclipse roughly a month before in Libra. Um, but other than that, things look pretty, pretty OK. But it, it will be a time when Pluto will be in Aquarius, whereas last time Pluto was in Capricorn. So mm. I do think it will be different based on that alone, really, um, with people. I think social media and technology could have a lot to do with this this upcoming election, for sure. Yeah, like Nicola and I talked about that on our last episode, like predicting how like social media was going to play a role into like the election. And we're like joking that like Joe Biden is going to be doing like person on the street interviews with like a <laughs> random, like New Yorker and like Washington square park or like whatever. It's just like, for sure. like trying to like use, like, I don't know. We saw this last time too, like the memification of like everything. They're trying to be cool. They're trying to do memes. They're trying to like get in, in there, you know? Oof. So I could totally see that again and maybe backfiring also because like, people are a little bit more like, yes, they do like the meme side of things, but we also are like in such an intense time, like politically and like with world affairs right now, like we mean business. Like we want, we don't want the memes. Like if Joe Biden tried to do that, we'd be like, girl, shut up. (laughs) Like, you know? Yeah. Yes, for sure. That's very, it feels very Pluto and Aquarius coded as well. Like people don't want to be like bullshitted. They want, you know, Mm. what's real and the truth behind something. I think Aquarian individuals have always been interested and they're ruled by Saturn. So it makes sense. It's like the reality, like what is, what is true? What is a fact? Um, And um, like trying, trying to distract people, I don't think was going to work with like social media, you know? And I think that um, again, Pluto and Aquarius is going to reveal the most extreme parts of social media and kind of the ugliest parts of it. So I don't necessarily think it will be uh, a positive, uh, dare I say, um, the, the influence social media will have, but it will be impactful. Um, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> nice. How, how do you, in that yeah. same vein, do you think people are going to start kind of like, how, how do you foresee like social media and like celebrities and media kind of with this like, Aquarius transit like are people gonna kind of start getting over like influencers and things like you know what I mean is there gonna be a lot more like I don't want to get ready with me like (laughs) I'm tired I don't know (laughs) right no it's for sure I've already seen like people the celebs that have like launched skincare and beauty brands and things like that and like people in their comments like um we don't care about that what's your stance on like genocide Mm -hmm. you know people they don't want you know they don't want to talk about your skincare brand um and i think yeah that's definitely going to be i think a huge 
focal point while Pluto is in Aquarius. And I mean, for the next 20 years or so too, it's going to be a long, long kind of unraveling, I think of celeb culture. Um, And I think we're already Mm. kind of seeing like the downfall of like fame and like, you know, I think um, the, the SAG strike and like, you know, like we're seeing a lot of the uglier parts of it where it was like before it was glitz and glam and we all like romanticized celeb culture so much. It's wow. not going to be like that. And, and during this transit, it's going to start to unravel. Um, another thing we're getting at the end, the very end of next year, is a Mars retrograde. And mm. it will take place in the sign of Leo, which commonly is associated with fame and attention. And so very similarly to 2023, where we had a Venus retrograde in Leo, and we saw, uh, I think that was right around the time this, the SAG strike began, if I'm not mistaken, okay. it was right in the summertime. Yeah. And people were realizing, like, actors and actresses were coming out and saying, I haven't gotten paid for this thing that I did that's so popular, you know, like... And, yeah. and I think that uh, with Mars retrograding in Leo, same sign, we got a retrograde, a retrograde in uh, this past year, will continue to uh, reveal kind of the not so pretty parts of fame and popularity, especially online mm. and with celebrity culture. So, yeah. Yeah, especially because like Aquarius, I always saw it as like the sign of like revolution and like. People like coming together to like destroy like the system (laughs) to build a new one, you know, and to have this like very idealistic view of the world of being like, well, why can't things be this way, you know, like, and so I think that makes me excited, also like nervous a little bit because it does feel like shit is about to get real. Like people are really starting to come together and like want change, you know? Totally. Yeah. Aquarius is, is definitely, it's a sign opposite Leo. So it's everything um, mm. that's exa- that opposes fame and popularity and being the center of attention. Like Aquarius energy isn't about glorifying one specific person and like putting them on this pedestal. It is the exact opposite of that. Yeah. So um, deplatforming people is probably going to become more of a norm. <laughs> um, removing people's uh, spotlight yes. and kind of bringing them down to size, for lack of better words, um, is going to be more of the, the theme I think we'll see in 2024, mm. especially with everything else going on with you know the Mercury retrogrades and fire signs, Jupiter and Gemini, like information is going to be flowing and, um, mm. you know, the tell-alls and people just kind of being very honest about things mm. and, um, in addition to Pluto and Aquarius and all of that. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be do good. Do you have any like general advice for people, I guess, going into this next year? I think I'm kind of picking up on like, you know, be careful what you put online, like clean up your, your old Absolutely. tweets, like anything else in that realm? For sure. I would say, um, Try to be as honest as you can it, with people, especially online, if you can, um, trying to paint a different picture than what's really going on, I think is not going to work in anyone's favor this year, like trying to glamorize something or make it look better than it is. Because I think people are tired of that and they want to see the real part of it. And I think with Pluto and Aquarius, people are going to go to great lengths to uncover the ugliest parts of, you know, like it's not going to be sugarcoated anymore. So I think that be careful, you know, with what you choose to, or how you choose to present something to people um, and try to be as authentic as you can with it. And I think again, with 
the Aries North Node that we'll have, you know, all of 2024. It'll really be in everyone's best interest to be as real and as genuine and as authentic as you can be and not worry too much about trying to keep other people happy. Because I think that's what the South Node in Libra is all about and what we kind of need to release is um, trying to appease everyone, you know, um, Mm. almost to the detriment of ourselves. So, yeah, that's what I would say. Well, my my North Node is in Libra, I think. Yes, And my South Node is is in Aries. So... This year is going to be kind of the inverse of that? Yeah, it's so at 27, everyone gets what's called a nodal reversal. And it's so fun because it like almost exactly coincides with your Saturn return. It's a big Whoa. age, 27 in astrology. For yeah. sure. No wonder so much happens. People are like need to get married, have kids, or like whatever. 27 is like, yes. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So we get a swapping of the nodes. So right now, the North Node is in our opposite. It's, it's in our South Node sign, and um, the South Node is in our North Node sign. And so it can be really, uh, it's a tends to be this realignment that you experience when you experience your nodal return. Um, and also this reprioritization too, of like what matters, what really matters to you and what you want in life. Um, and mm. oftentimes, sometimes it requires us to let go of the thing we thought we wanted, you know, of like, oh, this is how I yeah. thought I was, this is what I thought I wanted, but actually I want the exact opposite kind of thing. Mm. Um, and so that's kind of what a nodal reversal tends to entail. Um, and we'll really see that kind of kick off around those eclipses. So April and October respectively. Could you break down super quick, like for people that don't know, like North Node and South Node? Yeah. So the North and South Node are um, eclipse points. So they're where the eclipses happen. So Mm. um, whatever signs the North and South Node are in are where the eclipses will take place for that year. They change signs about 18 months, but they go backwards through the Zodiac and not forward. Um, So they were recently in Taurus and Scorpio, and then they reversed back into Aries and Libra. And that's where they'll be all of next year. They'll change signs once again in 2025. Um, And the nodes really just represent uh, the point where the moon's orbit intersects with the Earth. And so, again, where the eclipses do take place is kind of on that orbit. Um, And eclipses essentially kind of bring us these um, powerful either endings or powerful beginnings in some way Mm. in the house where they unfold for us. And not every eclipse will be incredibly impactful. Specifically, you want to look at where your nodes are, and it will always be most impactful if you have your nodes in those signs. So if you're 27 and you're listening to this, you have your nodes in Aries and Libra, definitely pay attention to this eclipse cycle over the next year. Um, but yeah, you know, eclipses are, are usually when the most pivotal points in our life like kind of tend to take place. Um, mm-hmm. And when we tend to feel really like, okay, something's got to give. You know, and there's a lot that, that mm. tends to come up around those times. Because, like, when when you have like a North Node and South Node in your chart, what does that like mean? I guess because I've I've heard a meaning that's like this is your like life path, kind of like what what's mm-hmm. your like definition? I guess in that like s- more spiritual way, I guess. Right. Yeah, I think that that's a common descriptor of it. I think that essentially where the nodes are in your chart just represents where the eclipses were happening the year you were born. So mm. the year that you and I were born, the eclipses were, were happening um, in Aries and Libra. 
So typically it represents the parts of our chart that always kind of carry an eclipse energy. So the parts of our chart, so Aries, your Aries house and your Libra house and your chart are typically where extremes tend to unfold and play out. Mm. For myself, as an example, I have Aries in the 10th house of career, Libra in the fourth house of home and family. So I feel like I'm constantly seeing these big changes and eclipse-like scenarios play out in those areas of my life. Um, and then with the North Node specifically is the one t- people tend to focus on the most because it does represent where we are most inclined to overdo. Um, mm. And for better or for worse, you know, I think that it's easy to simplify. People maybe want to simplify, oh, the North Node is where you're going and South Node is where you need to leave from. But it's mm. usually like working with both of those um, nodes is, is what will help you and not leaving That's one behind cool. to chase the other kind of thing. Yeah. That's I'm so interesting. I'm looking at my nodes yeah. now. <laughs> my nor- my it can tell you a lot. North node is in Pisces and my oh, south node is Virgo. Oh, mm. wow. So definitely more of an embracing of um, your imagination and ideals and what's beyond reality rather than just settling for what's right in front of you um, can be typically what comes from that axis. Um, and it's a constant realignment. So it's always like either you're maybe over prioritizing practicality and rational thinking and leaving your daydreams and your imagination and, you know, the conceptual ideas behind or leaning too much into the imagination and the abstract side of things and leaving like rationality behind. So it's about always yeah. having to like, they're like scales almost that you have to kind of continuously yeah. balance throughout your life that definitely resonates okay wait can i ask you one selfish question about my chart before (laughs) okay please (laughs) my mars is in pisces and it's retrograde wow i know (laughs) (laughs) sorry couldn't even contain it wow i know (laughs) when you were born how do i do how do i get anything done yeah it's supposed to be it should have been in wait, what's next? Aries. But yeah, it was that retrograde that mm-hmm. particular day and hour. Day when you and were born. so it wound up in motherfucking slow ass Pisces. Yeah. Mars, my yeah. energy, my life force, my yeah. everything. That's why I'm like, I'm yeah. a Scorpio, Aries, Aries, and everyone's like, ah, oh, and I'm like, but my Mars is Pisces retrograde. But, but no follow through. It's okay. It takes everything down. Yeah. It, it quite literally does, especially since Mars um, rules your rising. It's your chart ruler. So it's responsible for you, you know? Um, and it's not to say that if your chart ruler is retrograde, it's like, oh, you're never going to get anything done. But it can sometimes, <laughs> it slows you. It can slow you down at times. Um, but sometimes slowing down is what we need um, and it can be really helpful to like take your time with something. Um, it can just be contradictory to Mars's like initial purpose because Mars is kind of the planet that wants to like go fast because, you know, it rules Aries and Scorpio. Um, and so having a retrograde Mars, especially in Pisces, can definitely feel it can feel very idle. Or very like yeah. I feel like I'm I'm moving, but I'm not like making progress at times. Yeah, um, especially in the twelfth house, it's like, are things happening? Am I getting things done? Am I making progress? Um, I think that people who have Mars and Aries are uh, like their dreams and their like 
their creative side is the most powerful thing that they have. Like it's, it's really like Mm -hmm. your superpower. Um, And so I think it's about infusing that into everything that you do, you know, Um, and not trying to work against. I'm a thinker, not a doer. Like my skill is, uh, I'm like, my skill isn't really getting it done, but my skill is really kind of, I can imagine it for you. Exactly. And that's, that can be productive too. I think that it sounds, when you think about Mars and Pisces, it doesn't sound productive quote unquote, but it is when it comes to Pisces themes, you know, so like the creative arts, you know, having planets in Pisces usually means that the person is highly creative, highly intuitive, um, and has this sense of compassion and the sense of just a knowing. Um, so that's something that's going to be a strength of yours is just having like a knowing about things, you know? Um, it's just so funny having all this like Aries fire and then this like Mm -hmm. big bucket of like Pisces water. (laughs) For sure. Well, because like, totally. who would you be without that? You know what I mean? You I would know. be probably like rampant, crazy, like, you I know what I mean? Such like, a different too person. much. Yeah, especially if my Mars had wound up in Aries, too. I would be Girl, such a different person. You'd be president. Are you? <laughs> yeah, be president. That is me. I am. I have an Aries stellium. Um, wow. So Sun, Mercury. Sun, Mercury, and Mars all in Aries. Um, wow. in my 10th house. Yeah. Career. Oh, so I'm I love just that career. That's awesome. Yeah. And so I, when I tell you, it sounds so nice to have a planet in its home sign, but it's so loud and, mm. um, Mars and Aries, I'm constantly having to remind myself every single day with everything that I do to slow down. You know, mm. like I eat too fast. I walk too fast. I drive too fast. You know, I'm just always in a hurry and it's hard to be present and it's like, yeah, I'm getting things done, but like, did I stop and smell the roses? No. Yeah. <laughs> I like, yeah. bulldoze over the roses to try to get over <laughs> to something yeah. else. So <laughs> Wow. That's so interesting. Um, also our you know, our podcast name is Attention Recession. Like we talk a lot about like yes. influencers and celebrities and the culture within all of that. And just for fun, I'm so curious, what are like the placements that tell you that someone is like going to be famous or like is always going to be in the spotlight or like requires a lot of energy, energy and attention from people? Like, Oh my goodness. What does that look like? The first one comes to mind, Leo risings. If you are Leo rising, check where your sun is because that will tell you a lot about how that will manifest because not obviously not everyone with a Leo rising, but so many of them, like there's so many that come mm. to mind. Drake, Demi Lovato, Lizzo, like um, Beyonce, Selena Gomez. Um, Beyonce is a Scorpio rising, but she has a Leo 10th house. So that Leo energy comes through with uh, her career. So it's just, it's I, always my, there. My friend who taught me all about astrology, she had a huge like Leo rising thing and she did the same thing. She could rattle off all these celebrities who had wow. it. And she was like, that's the magic that's the Damn. one. Yeah, that, that is the one. Um, Michael Jackson wasn't a Leo rising, but he had a Leo stellium. One of the biggest, he's just so famous. He, he was so famous, you know? Um, mm. And I think uh, Whitney Houston was a Leo son. You know, there's just, you'll look at like the greatest, the greats, the greats, you know, and they probably have Leo somewhere in their chart. So mm, yeah, um, the Leos will stop but, at nothing. <laughs> They will not. Um, but on the opposite side, Aquarius is as well. There's a lot of Aquarians that are actors, specifically. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And you would think like that, that would Yeah, you, you would think that that would not be the case since it's the opposite sign of like Leo and they and Aquarians don't typically love the spotlight. Um, but they're really good 
I feel like it, for them, it's probably a bit more effortless, whereas Leo placements maybe have to really try yeah. to put themselves in the spotlight. I feel like Aquarius kind of just Because Aquarius are like channeling, <laughs> sort of. So, <laughs> yeah, so celebrity sure. Aquariuses, I'm seeing Harry Styles, Michael Jordan, Ellen DeGeneres, Jennifer Aniston, Alicia Keys. Yeah, that's Oprah. funny. Yeah, like more artists. Oprah. Oprah. Not as- Paris Hilton. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, Paris Hilton it's effortless. Insane. Yeah, you know, yeah, like people yeah. are trying to have tried to figure out what it is that, like, how she did what she did and how she was just so iconic. Can't figure it out because she was just literally just being herself, and like you can't yeah. really duplicate that. Um, whereas I think um, Leos have that energy for sure, but I think that uh, confidence can be you can fake it until you make it. You know, Leos are um, like a mm-hmm. kid jumping on the bed, like. Look at me! Yeah, like look at me. <laughs> look what I can do. Yeah, they're very like Paris would never be jumping on the bed. You know. You know. Um, like, no. What about? Okay, I feel like with attention. Yeah, Jazz is more interested in the celebrity person and persona, and I'm more interested, kind of like where is the collective attention like being drawn toward? Mm-hmm. So, like in 2024, like what is the collective going to be yes. like paying attention to? What's going to be Ooh. cool? Or what's going to be influencing us or what's going to be like commanding attention or on our minds or. I think we'll be really attracted to effortless things that feel very effortless, Mm. things that don't feel like Mm. you tried too hard. I think that's going to kind of be on its way out. I think there's some. Because there's, I've been seeing a lot of people on TikTok trying to predict like the trends of next year, and they, I and know, a lot of it's exhausting. Saying, <laughs> yes, and people have been saying, "Oh, I think like high quality videos and images," and I'm like, "Yeah, honestly, no. I think we're going backwards. I think people are like they're getting digital cameras. They're trying to like yep. they don't want the high tech phone, like newest iPhone. I haven't heard anyone talk about. I want the newest this, like." Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of people are like, no, I want to kind of get the grainy photo that was kind of effortless. And like, I just somehow got the shot, even though I didn't really try, you know, like, I think it's going to be less of like looking like you're trying and more just kind of like, like people yeah. stopping caring, stopping um, caring so much about how many likes they get on Instagram. I've been seeing so many people say like, I don't care. I'm just going to, this is my year, just posting what I want. I don't care if it gets two mm-hmm. likes, you know? And I think, again, I think it all draws back to Pluto and Aquarius. I think we're, it's funny how in yeah. astrology, even when a planet hasn't made its transition over to the next sign, we can already start yeah. to see it. Yeah. Cause that's where we're, we're going. And then, and, um, um, like you said, life kind of, um, uh, isn't controlled by the planets, but the planets kind of, um, add context to what we're already doing, you know? Um, you know what's interesting? Yeah. Okay, this immediately makes me think of Ice Spice because I think something that is so attractive <laughs> about her and her quality is that she's so – she doesn't give a lot, you know? She's very yeah. like – she's kind of like low energy. She says – her vocabulary is like 40 words. She says the same thing. She doesn't yeah. hardly say anything. Her captions are nothing. Yeah. Her Twitter is nothing. And it she's so enigmatic. And she's I so can't. just like – she has the Paris Hilton effortless because she's a cool fucking New York girl. She has yeah. that effortless quality where you're just like, and she, I read an interview with her and she's like, I've always just been like this. Like people just like, I've always felt like a star. And I'm like, I bet you have, yeah. and you don't even sound like an <laughs> asshole saying that. Like, no, that yeah. kind of she's sounds like what you're talking about where, yeah. oh, interesting. But yeah, that's kind of sounds Saturnians. like the, the like energy of just kind of like giving 
so little, but making it look so like deliciously, addictively cool and like wow. Yes. Like yeah. you don't even like, have think- to like work that hard and I can't stop looking at you. For sure. Yeah. I mean, she literally, like, I think one of her music videos, she was just in a deli in the Bronx, like, yes. you know, just filming oh my God. herself, just I've watched the that deli. video so many times. Yeah. You know, and it's, and, like, it's and it's like, oh my God, why isn't no one I like thought mm-hmm. of it? You know, and it's like the simplest thing. It's like people go to the deli every day. Wow. You know, and it's like people are, are I would have such like, a critique of her if I wasn't so captivated, <laughs> like, but yeah, I am. For so sure. I'm just like, you can't take that away. Um, yeah. She's, it's yeah, simple. I know. Like, she's, it's just she's like girl next door energy, you know, but not yeah. in a way of trying to be. Like she just is, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that is that is definitely and I it, it's it makes sense because I feel like Aquarius, when I think about Aquarius individuals, sun moon risings, they're so icked by like people who try too hard or people who are mm-hmm. like doing too much. Like, you know, Aquarius yeah. is like ill, ill, ill. Like they're so put off by but that. It's like, I think, yeah, yeah, it's like it's girl next door. But it's not like Alex Earl, girl next door, who is like, has to like be funny and like be doing this and doing that. Like, yeah, that's a different kind of like entertainer type. I don't know. Yes. It's, it's very curated. It that's like attention. a highly curated. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that also curated, feels exactly. like, but I mean, so is Ice Spice. It's like, she has a look, she has a style. She yeah. has like a For specific sure. aesthetic especially this year she's really like nailed down this like little skirt thing that she does in the polo everything but and the hair but it it it's like she doesn't have that need to like be funny for you or like appeal or like to entertain you yeah yeah she's just kind of like singing her little songs and doing her little dance and you know, like Alex like, Earl is almost like I was watching her videos recently and I was like, You're kind of millennial cringy, but you're 22. But you're kind yeah. of like, Oh, I didn't know she was that young. You're kind of wow. like, Yeah, she's fresh out of college. She's like, she's well, But she's kind of got like a dorky quality to her that right. reminds me of someone who's like generationally like a bit older. Yeah, but anyway, I think that different that's, topics. I, I feel like that's like the, the vibe that you're, you know, you're talking about where it's like, you know, people have been talking about, I just saw a video recently that was like, it's actually so hard to film a get ready with me. You do one take, sit in silence, finishing your makeup for five minutes, do the next sentence. And it's like, it's actually so highly curated. And that's why I was like really predicting like in the next year, we're going to gravitate more towards long form media, just in the sense of like, I think that's who's going to be cool is the people that are focusing mm-hmm. on like longer projects. I I almost find it hard to feel like a TikToker is going to be the next like it person because even that can like just to be on TikTok you have to like post so much. You have to be so like curated to like have the algorithm feed you. You know what I mean? Like there's so much that it yeah. takes to like grab that attention that I feel like or mm-hmm. maybe shifting out of that and also i think intellectualism is going to be like people are going to value like i think with aquarius you know aquarius like loves totally someone who's well read and like knows what they're talking about you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah useful information and also jupiter going to be in gemini is going to be in gemini starting in may as well so information Mm. is definitely going to be in like people are going to want info like less stuff 
and more information, like most more things to make you think, you know, and have mm. engage in conversations with other people, you know. So I think wow. people will really do well that start conversation, you know, mm. um, through their there's through their a, presence. Um, there's a club here. They just had a little write up in the New York Times, but it's a book club where you go and you bring your own book and you read in silence for an hour and then you just talk to the other people about like what you learned and what you read and it's like on a huge wait list like it started as just like some friends put it together and it's gained massively in popularity because it's not a book club it's not like everyone's reading the same book you're just going to like read in silence and then like have a chat about like what you just learned and people are like so hungry for it they love it it's Mm. that's very aquarius coded like that is something <laughs> Aquarius had to have come up with that. Reading by yourself. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like they're the Queens of like doing something by themselves, but with people like that's their thing. Mm. Like, you know, like they, they get into they're, that. Yeah. They get an interesting rep for being social, but I wouldn't necessarily consider them social. I would say they, they appreciate community, but they also really appreciate like what they can do on their own. And like, their own <laughs> journey and process. And so if we can find ways to marry the two, especially in the Pluto and Aquarius era and age, I think it's going to be, that's what's really going to take off is like okay. doing well, things independently, me, but with people. That gives yes. me a more hopeful note. Let's stay connected in 2024, <laughs> everyone. Yes. I love know, that. But in, so- in ways that allow us to still be ourselves. Yeah. I yeah. think that's great. Let's it's very ourselves like- together. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Well, yeah. thank you so much for being here. Um, where can oh people gosh. find you? How can they book a session with you? Tell tell us like what you offer. You know. Yeah. Yes. So you can find me at Zodiac Healer everywhere. Zodiac Healer on Instagram and TikTok. Um, I am not currently offering readings at the moment, but I am planning on opening my book sometime in the beginning of 2024, just so that we can. Um, individually chat through what astrology has in store for everyone. Um, yeah. And that is, that is essentially it. Other than that, you can find me writing like weekly horoscopes over at elite daily where I do all of the astrology content. So if you need horoscopes on new moons, full moons, Mercury retrogrades, all of that, you can find me there too. Yay. Well, we will see you you in 2024. Thank you guys so much for listening and let us know if you have any thoughts, follow DM. We, we love to hear the responses. So yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye guys.